It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. This, my friends, is Access Atlanta. It's a new podcast that shares the best things to do, see, eat, and experience. This is Shane Harrison with Access Atlanta, and this week I'm here with our dining editor, Lagaya Figueres. Um, she's going to bring us uh, something that I think everybody's really going to enjoy. Welcome. Thank you. Tell us what you brought for us this week. How about a case or two of beer? <laughs> That's something that everybody could enjoy. I do believe it's hot. It's just the perfect time. As people, beer lovers will tell you every every day is a good day to drink beer, right? But it's hot in summer, and there's nothing like a cool, frosty beer. Yes, that's true. It, it, it's, there's something about summer. I mean, we love that we love beer all year round, but really, summer seems to be the perfect time to, to pop one open. Absolutely. So uh, so what have we uh, So what done? exactly is going on? <laughs> well, you know, of course, what we like to do, too, is um, pair things up. And uh, people who listen to this podcast might also be interested in, you know, picking up the paper. Check us out on AJC.com. But our beer writer, Bob Townsend, who's been writing about beer for a really long yes. time for the AJC, um, he did a series of beer stories. And it's the not only is it a great time to drink beer, but it's a great time to write about it. There is so much action right. going on. You know, people who um, um, who partake in beer have been really excited for the, the law change that went into effect, right, regarding the – that allows the breweries to um, – to sell on premise directly to the public. Right. That's a big thing. Um, in the same time, we see this explosion of new breweries. You see expansions, um, experimentation. Right. So it's time to talk about all that. And and uh, these series of stories that we just put out there really can give great context to yeah. what's happening in the uh, Georgia beer scene, and especially in Atlanta. Right. Yeah, I mean, I love it that, that it's like you used to have, you know, just a few types of beers. There, there was your dark beer and your light beer, and that was – that was about it. Right. And now it's there, there are all these unusual varieties. Oh, yeah. And I, I really love it. You know, I mean, I would actually say, now I'm not a huge beer drinker, but right now I love a good sour beer. Yeah. And, I, of course, I re- one thing, why do I like it? Well, you know, there's a bit of comparison to something like champagne, yep. right? That bubbliness. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, people who couldn't, who didn't know what 
Brett was before now can say Britannomyces and right. we know something what's a little bit of what's going on and you talk about barrel aging programs and right. that kind of thing things that we really have never seen before they're doing some phenomenal things and um, while Bob admits that you know Georgia may not be uh, the best when it comes to craft brewing right. it certainly has improved from where it was when he first started out 20 years ago yeah yeah and I mean it's amazing the, the expansion of it it's, you, you see a new brewery pop Popping up all the time, it feels like it's oh, like yeah. we're, we're it's like constantly reporting. Oh, there's this new brewery coming. Uh, there's recently a new one on the Beltline. That's and, right, New Realm. Yep, yeah, for example. And, yeah, well, you know what I think is fun too. This brand new thing, and again, uh, folks can. Uh, tune in as we talk about it a little bit or read up on it but uh the atlanta beer bus it's the shuttle bus that will mm-hmm. take riders from brewery to brewery to brewery and uh you know you can taste off on a whole lot of, of uh different kind of styles you know different places get to i mean a lot of its community too it's not yeah. just drinking beer um, so that's a lot of fun there's a lot of ways to uh be a have a great time as a beer drinker right. these days in, in Atlanta. Yeah, and I mean, you can learn how it's done, too. I mean, it used to be such a mystery. It's like, oh, how does this happen? And and now you can see it for yourself and hear it directly from the people who are making it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. So is there anything else we need to know? Yeah, we just need to get cracking open a beer. That's what we need to know. All right, that sounds good. And uh, let's see what uh, what Bob Townsend has to tell us about the beer scene in Atlanta. It's summertime, it's hot, you're hanging out in the backyard, grilling and chilling with friends. What is missing? Ah, that's right, a cold beer. I'm Lagaya Figueres, the food and dining editor for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Today, we are talking beer. And to do that topic justice, joining me in the studio is Bob Townsend. He's a longtime beer writer who, among other things, writes the Beer Town column in the AJC. Bob, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. You bet. So you've been writing about about beer for more than two decades now, right? That's about right. I I can't kind of can't exactly remember my first Beer Town column for the AJC, but it was about 20 years ago. Wow. Okay, so beer nerds, they would really love to to have your gig. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, how you got into beer writing in the first place? Um, you know, I think I always say I was kind of born into it because I grew up in a, on a small family farm. Both my grandfather and father were home brewers long before Jimmy Carter made it legal. Um, we had home brewing rig in the basement, and nice. as a little kid, I was operating the capper and all doing all kinds of stuff with my dad like that, much to chagrin of my mother, who kind of was a Methodist and didn't drink herself. So it was an interesting little uh, family dynamic there. I didn't know that backstory about you. Yeah. So you but, recent, yeah, go ahead. But but how I actually got into writing for the AJC was through Susan Puckett, and we actually had a beer column. Before I took it over, uh, Michael Scooby, who was the book editor, started the original beer column. And I can't remember what he called it. But uh, when he left, Susan asked me if I wanted to take it over. And I said, sure thing. <laughs> well, you really shaped it into your own. And uh, and you've been telling us for a long time about uh, what's happening in Georgia beer. And lately, there is a lot going on. To the point that uh, if folks are... Um, uh, 
into learning more about the beer scene, there's just so much you've uh, come up recently with a, a beer series for us that um, people can find on AJC.com. Yeah. Um, but a number of stories that you put out there, um, you wrote them right now because there's just so much activity. Can you talk a little bit about um, what... It was one of your ideas to to put this series of stories together. What prompted you to say, you know what, it's time to to really um, show latest developments in Georgia? Yeah, well, we've had a couple of periods that I write about. Um, I'm not good with dates, so I'd have to look them up exactly. But really, we've had a couple of periods. One was when the alcohol limit was raised, and that caused a lot of things to change in the state. That really uh, had a lot of beer bars and retail and, you know, on-premise accounts coming through and you know able to sell a lot more things that they weren't able to sell more recently in september though the rules got relaxed to let breweries sell directly to consumers and that really has created the ability for small breweries to kind of burgeon in the state so you really don't have to be a big production brewery bottling canning you can have a tap room and make money and brew your beer. And it's a much smaller kind of model and a much easier kind of business to get into. Right, so um, one of the in one of the stories that you wrote on the state of Georgia beer, you compared that when you first started writing about beer, um, Georgia was tied with Mississippi as the worst state for craft brewing. So um, how do you think we compare, na- even nationally, if you can talk about that now? Um, we're certainly not the best, but we have some of the best breweries. Um, And that's always been kind of the case. If you really look back and you think about breweries like uh, Sweetwater, Small Brewery of the Year, in in the, you know, nationally, multiple medals all over the place, Terrapin medals. More recently, we've had Jekyll, Monday Night, Max Lagers, Top Torch, Top Torch Top, Cherry Street. They've all been recognized. So we have some great breweries. Mm -hmm. We just aren't known as a place like Asheville or Portland or, you know, California or, you know, Colorado. Right. So um, you also mentioned, uh, well, you called out a few breweries right there, but um, in one of your articles, you really pointed to to six brewing companies here in um, in Georgia that you think are changing the game right now. You just mentioned Sweetwater. Um, can you talk about a few of the, the breweries that you for you, they're really standing out right now, whether because of, um, you know, the quality and the popularity of their beers or, you know, the um, expansions or even some of the experimentation. The it's styles. all of that. It's yeah, all it's of all it. of that. It's the quality. It's New Realm, which I said is one of the biggest game changers. Um, world-renowned brewmaster Mitch Steele, who was with Stone. Before that, he was an Anheuser-Busch brewer, believe it or not. But he's a guy who really knows the technical side of brewing. Ah, he just has great expertise. We'll pause for a second, as you mentioned Anheuser-Busch, because I did grow up in, in, in St. Louis, which, uh, you know, um, there's some attitudes a little bit there toward, you know, oh, believe it or not, he's from uh, Anheuser-Busch. But, you know, uh, from a standpoint of... Um, if you if you you're cheering for the little guy and some of the craft brewers, there is some incredible things that are happening at a very large scale level, right? I mean, well, technically they know how to brew, and the brewing <laughs> is consistent. So and if you compare them, that's right. If you t- compare them to the mom and pop versus McDonald's, the fact that McDonald's is able to go all over all over the world and produce a Big Mac, Budweiser is produced the same in every right. way. So a brewer who grows up doing that right. and becomes a brewmaster has a lot of technical abilities, and that's what somebody like Mitch brings. Um, when you talk about creature comforts, they're probably 
the hottest Georgia brewery just, you know, for a lot of reasons. But, you know, the beers they produce, their their sort of culture of creativity and the fact that they've just made a big leap to open a huge um, automated brew house um, it means that they are really growing. I mean, they spent $11 million on this new thing. So that's obviously, you know, amazing kind of investment in the state and what mm-hmm. they're doing. Right. Now, you mentioned a couple names there. Um, are there some other uh, people right now in the industry, especially Georgia Brewmasters, that you really have your eyes on? Or even, you know, just folks who are there in the brew house who just have an incredible um, ability to, to make a great beer? Um, there's a lot of people who've been around for a long time. But again, I would I would point to some of the some of the brewers like Mitch who are there, and I think we're going to see great things from them. Um, the Creature Comforts guys, um, guys like John Roberts, who's been around for a long time with Max Loggers, the guys at Torch Hop, um, Chris Bivens has won some medals. So, you know, there's a lot of good brewers out there right now. Um, so, we're, you know, we're talking here on the, uh, uh, on the brewery side of things, but as a beer drinker right now, it seems like there might never be have been such a great time to be a beer drinker than now in Georgia and uh, apart from so many of the the new breweries uh, I know you wrote recently in your beer town column about the Atlanta beer bus which is another uh, way for beer enthusiasts to experience um, beers being produced from a variety of um, in-town breweries. Can you tell us what exactly is uh, Atlanta Beer Bus? Because it's pretty new here. It's brand new, Mm -hmm. and it's really fun. Um, I did a little ride on it a couple Saturdays ago, and it takes you on a loop. The cool thing about it is you don't have to get on a bus and do the tour. You know what I mean? Like, next stop here, and somebody's leading you around. You can hop on and off at will. So it's usually about 30 to 45 minutes between each stop. You can spend as long as you want. Uh, actually, I didn't get to as many breweries as I wanted to because I ended up seeing a bunch of people I knew at Scofflaw and ended up talking to Travis, the brewer, about what they had going on. And it just ended up being a crazy two hours there. But then I did hop on and go to a lot of other places. But what's really nice is it's just a shuttle. So essentially, you know, it's like Marta for beer or something. Nice. So uh, how much does it cost? 15 bucks, which if you think about an uber or lyft ride right to one brewery and here you can go to yeah. as many as how many are on the tour i think there are about eight to ten eight to ten and you also have marta stops that they will take you to on the way park tavern where you can you know it's like a central location in midtown so they've thought it out pretty well they have two buses right now and a limo that they utilize sometimes to pick people up the cool thing is you can text them and say when's the next one coming and they'll text you back okay that sounds like beer nirvana yeah and so when does it operate it operates um weekends? mainly on the weekends okay. yeah mainly on the weekends and, right. and it has a schedule if you go in and, and look at my story i have the whole schedule okay yeah we will look at the story <laughs> now and uh what who is taking who's riding this bus is it is it it's um you know All the one thing I will the one thing I say in my piece is if you're sort of um a little older and you're not into the party bus scene you might not enjoy this because they do have you know pretty loud music rock and roll you can kind of request your music if you're a small party and you know people are drinking beer and having a good time so it's it's 
it's a fun thing, but it's maybe not for everybody. All right. Uh, Another activity, I, I guess I would say, in terms of exploring. I, I mean, I, I need to get on that bus and explore that one. But uh, <laughs> that's going to take you in You'd town, right? You have to right? drink some beer. I right? have to drink some beer, too. Uh, can, by the way, can you drink beer on the bus? No. Okay. You cannot drink beer on well, the bus. Well, that's one we'll... That's, uh, that's one difference that's for with some the other water sort bottle of chores. moment, right? Yes. Okay, well... I, I we'll, keep my water bottle, mm-hmm. yes. Rehydrate. No, but anyway, you talk about, so we've got the Atlanta beer bus that takes us to, to some in-town breweries. Um, for folks exploring outside the perimeter, another story that you wrote for us and uh, development is just what you're seeing in, um, in Roswell in terms of, you know, a community that's really on the rise as far as for um, anyone who's interested in, yeah. in checking out a beer scene. So what excites you about Roswell? Well, like I said earlier, you have smaller towns scattered around the southeast, Asheville being a prime example that's very compact, mm-hmm. and they're just known as a great brewing town. You can walk around and you can go to breweries, and there are breweries of all sizes. Atlanta is a much more spread out, commuting, large city with a lot of suburban areas. But what's starting to happen is in those suburban areas, and especially the rege- you know the revitalizing of these small towns like Roswell's always been known for Can Street where you could walk around go to antique shops go to cool restaurants bars stuff like that now it's getting a couple of breweries that make it definitely worth a trip and a destination you know to go there and um Gate City has been around for a little longer it's uh run by a couple of of business partners who've been very active in Roswell and uh, they just created this really cool destination, a fairly big brewery, a really big tap room, food trucks. It's a scene. Right. Nice. Yeah. No. So you can walk basically from what you're doing on Canton Street up the street and go to this. You can walk down the hill and go to Variant. And Variant's a really new brewery um, that a lot of the younger beer geeks are really excited about. They do a lot of um, interesting beers. Right now they have this beer they call Splody. Splody, which is a yeah, which is a sour beer that they um, fruit with blueberries, strawberries, and rhubarb. Actually, that sounds delicious, especially this time of year. <laughs> nice. But they also make you know they make IPAs, they make a lot of other stuff, and it's it's kind of the hot brewery right now, you know, um, for a lot of the people who are into the new and the and and the interesting beers. Right. You mentioned Roswell. You, you, you also mentioned um, earlier Athens. Are there any other pockets, um, neighborhoods even, if you want to call them that, where you're saying, uh, you know, these clusters where, hey, you can go uh, hang out, have a beer, and, you know, essentially bar hop or brew pub hop? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think what's happening is sort of um, small local breweries, like we were talking about before with the taproom model, are kind of embedded in certain communities. Like okay. Eventide in Grant Park is very community-oriented. They have farmer's market there. You know, on Saturdays you can go and hang out, and it's just a very community thing. Um, in Decatur, you have like three breweries within, you know, a, less than a mile of each other. Right. Like, you know, three taverns and starting out with that. And, you know, you can go from bar to bar and brewery to brewery in that area pretty easily. Not not as easily walkable as Roswell, 
But there are, there are definitely a lot of pockets. Right, right. Now, um, another one I wanted to ask you about, because you mentioned you, you have a story going on gastropubs. And um, obviously for me, as the food and dining editor, I'm especially interested in, in the food. And it's been great to see. And it's not just uh, here in Atlanta where we've seen this, but uh, this real attention paid to uh, to the food side of things, whether yeah. and whether it's going to be, you know, food and drink, food that is um, parable, matchable with um, with the beverages coming out of there, or just simply, you know, an attention to better food where they're sourcing it. You know, it's not just once upon a time, I guess you could get some, you know, uh, pretzels and um, beer queso dip or whatever. Yeah. And now, you know, it's much, yeah. it's different from that. I think one of the, the, the places that um, I'm thinking of too is New Realm. They have a um, a really thoughtful menu there. Yeah. So what are some of the other places? And a real chef. And a real chef. From, that's from, right. Uh, Julio yeah. Delgado. That's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are a bunch of them that I read about. Um, you know, the thing is, I wouldn't necessarily call them gastropubs. I call them okay. brew pubs. Okay, call them but brew they, pubs. But they, but they have that sort of, when we go back to gastropubs, that idea that the food should be just as good as the drink. In other words, you don't just want a burger and fries. Right. You actually want some good stuff. Or fish and chips. There's so so from, the, from the Earth is one. Tim Stevens, huge background in fine dining in Atlanta, you know, worked for all some of the bigger restaurant groups, good friend of Kevin Rathbun. Kevin Rathbun consulted on his restaurant, uh, the former um, founder of um, Sweetwater is the brewmaster, Kevin McNerney, so he's really knows how to brew, and, you know, you've got a menu that's fairly sophisticated. I mean, he's serving, you know, Wagyu steaks and, you know, really interesting stuff. I mean, he knows sourcing, he knows chefs, he knows the food business and the hospitality business. So you really, you walk in there and you definitely don't feel like, you know, it was your old school beer bar. Right, right. Um, Good Word is another one that's really interesting. It's in Duluth and it's uh, two former brick store pub employees. And you know, that group is responsible for Kimball House and the new Watchmans and a lot of those people have come up through that. So their, their menu is maybe not as fancy, but everybody is sophisticated. They're brewing some really cool beers there. And, you know, that part of Alpharetta is um, really interesting and up and coming. I mean, sorry, Duluth. I said the wrong one. No, I hear you. Yeah, so, Duluth. Um, we're going to switch it a little bit to what should we be drinking right now? Because this is, if there is uh, one time of, I guess beer is great all year round, right? But yeah. there. Uh, well, there you, is nothing like a beer yeah. in the summer when it's super hot, would you say? Yeah. Okay. So you 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 did uh, compile a list of um, what you're calling, you know, the top, should we say top, best, I don't know, not necessarily into list, but it's always nice to have some yeah. reference. Well, you know that I resisted the best. Yeah. And, and we <laughs> talked about doing, we talked about doing a lot of, um, a lot of just different beers, but I decided to um, just focus on. IPAs and their sort of cousin pale ales because frankly they're the biggest category of craft brewing right now and there are a lot of people in Atlanta and metro Atlanta around the state that are making really good ones right. so so you got a dozen a dozen Georgia made dozen IPAs ones. or PAs um, some of them might be sort of controversial I think one of them that would be controversial to some people would be uh, Sweetwater 420 it's a pale ale it's not expect especially sexy but I think it's a good example of a really great sort of gateway beer for people who may not like craft beer I mean it's a beer that you could have at your picnic on the weekend and 
give to your uncle or somebody who does like good beer and they wouldn't turn their nose up at it. It's right. it's a very solid, very uh, very good beer. Obviously, Tropicalia had to be on there. Um, as again, we call that you know a beer that built a brewery. And the same thing with Scofflaw Basement, an IPA that's been so popular and sometimes in uh, you know short supply. So there are some of the things that are on there. For you, what's the funkiest beer on that list, do you think? Hmm, I don't know. I don't think any of them are super funky. I would say the most interesting is Hanbrolo, which is a pale ale that has a lot of really interesting ingredients. It's low in alcohol. It's very light, um, fruity. It has some lactose in it, so it has a kind of a different kind of mouthfeel. Very refreshing, very easy to drink. And uh, that's that's gotten a lot of accolades. It's sort of a big buzz beer right now okay, for nice. Monday night. Now, so that's what we can have immediately. I actually wanted to ask you a trend that um, I just am fascinated by, which took off a, a few years ago, is uh, barrel aging and so many barrel aging programs. Um, who in uh, which Georgia breweries do you think are? Um, I mean, and especially you know, it's something that we got to wait for it. It's going to yeah, be. Yeah. Yeah, it takes a while. So. Uh, who's on your radar for uh, well, the, you know, one of the six. And again, I'm going coming back to Sweetwater. Sure. I, you know, they're the biggest, and a lot of people don't give them a lot of credit. But they built this barrel aging facility about a year and a half ago. I guess it's been maybe not that long ago. Called um, the Woodlands, and it's kind of a brand, not really a Sweetwater product on the bottle. It's Woodlands, and um, they're just doing. You know, they invested a lot of money in a whole new building to do barrel aging and they they're doing fooders which are big upright barrels that you'd see in belgium um lots of wine barrels bourbon barrels they're really they've they've gone full on with it but you know they still really only have a few beers to show from that program because it's a long range investment in the meantime one of the other trends that's going on is they built this beautiful space that they use an event space and they're really having a great time i mean people are doing their wedding receptions there and it makes a really cool venue for things you know so obviously this is another trend of things you can do now that the law is a little more relaxed right well so looking forward anything else that you've got your eyes on as far as yeah, there's a bunch of stuff, but some of them I don't even want to put on here because there are stories that I'm working they're on. They're so top I don't, secret. No, they're not top secret. I just don't <laughs> want to get scooped, and you don't want me to be either. There you go. But there, there are some interesting things going on with beer and things that are going into beer, some really interesting projects now that are very, you know, in the lab oriented. People are playing with a lot of different substances to do different things. There's some interesting things going on with barrel aging in another direction with some other other types of um, alcoholic beverages that are actually going back and using beer barrels that have been used for other things. So there's a, this right, kind this of circular, circular thing going on. So, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of really cool stuff that's on the horizon right now that I'm looking forward to writing right. about. No, you know, one of the things that uh, has been really fun to watch too is that shift from bottles to cans. I think that's been uh, just nice to see. And uh, Well, it, it is, and it's really hard to find anybody that's a newer brewer who isn't um, using cans. The funny thing is, though, at this year's craft beer conference, as you might expect, the people who manufacture bottles are trying to start this whole trend of why you should go back to bottles and why bottles are actually superior. So we'll see how that plays out. I don't really have much hope for them, but I think, um, you know, there's some 
problems with recycling in some places. And so this, th- there's going to be another little skirmish over that All right, to we'll, see what happens. We'll watch for your story on that. Okay. All right. So before uh, we sign off, I, I can't let you go without putting you on the spot. What is your favorite Georgia beer to drink right now? Well, you know, when somebody asks me that question, I always go back to, I don't remember if you remember this guy, but remember the Cajun chef, Justin Wilson? Yes. Who had that show, and he used to always end up with that little glass of wine, and he had the statement, he said, the kind of wine I like is the kind of wine I got. Ah. So usually my favorite beer is whatever new that I've been turned on to, but not to dodge your question. This time of year, I really love drinking Pilsners, and there's a lot of really good ones. Um, three of my favorites right now are from New Rome, Euphonia Pilsner, the classic Creature Comforts Bebo Pilsner, and uh, Three Taverns Prince of Pills, which is a great beer to drink. They actually first designed this to watch with the World Cup soccer, so that would be a great beer to have with World Cup soccer. Perfect. That sounds, I'm I'm into soccer. I'll get into this beer too. You ready to drink a beer? Absolutely. Let's go for it. All okay. right. Hey, cool. thanks for joining me. My pleasure. Let's see what's happening in and around Atlanta over the next 10 days. Georgia Ensemble Theaters teamed up with the Chattahoochee Nature Center to fill a few summer nights with music. The company is bringing back the concert version of Ring of Fire, the music of Johnny Cash, on the Ben Brady Pavilion stage this summer. Performances will happen Thursdays through Saturdays from July 12th through the 28th at the Chattahoochee Nature Center in Roswell. The show packs in more than two dozen classic Cash hits, including I Walk the Line, Boy Named Sue, Folsom Prison Blues, and of course, Ring of Fire. This is the fourth consecutive summer for the George Ensemble Theater Chattahoochee Nature Center partnership. In addition to the show, attendees can enjoy all the amenities of the Nature Center and bring a picnic to dine on site. There will be a cash bar available before and during the show. Patrons may reserve seating either at a table under the covered pavilion for $36.50 or $365 for a table that seats 10. There's also general admission lawn seating for $16.50 per person. The Nature Center opens at 6.30 p.m. on performance nights for ticketed patrons to enjoy the exhibits and grounds, with the show starting at 8 p.m. Tickets are on sale now at get.org. That's G-E-T for Georgia Ensemble Theater.org. Imaginary Worlds is back with a menagerie of all-new massive living plant sculptures throughout the Atlanta Botanical Garden, both at the Midtown and Gainesville locations. Take a fantasy journey through a storybook-themed world of sculptures, both indoors and out, most of them custom-made for the garden by the exhibition's creators, International Mosaic Culture of Montreal. Revisit the magic of the original blockbuster show, which ran from 2013 to 2014, with larger-than-life, topiary-like living sculptures. This time around, the sculptures are even bigger. Steel forms are covered in soil and sphagnum moss, and planted with thousands of meticulously groomed plants in a process that takes nearly half a year. Throughout the exhibition, guests will also get the chance to enjoy the sculpture in a whole new light at night, when they're illuminated on Thursday evenings during Cocktails in the Garden. Imaginary Worlds continues through October 28th at the Atlanta Botanical Garden in both Midtown and Gainesville. The tickets are $21.95 or $18.95 for ages 3 to 12. Go to atlantabg.org for more information and tickets. 
Callenwall Fine Arts Center offers a great way to spend time with friends, unwind, and listen to an evening of live music with its annual Jazz on the Lawn series. Grab a blanket and a picnic dinner and enjoy the tunes surrounded by the natural beauty of the Callenwald Amphitheater. Or you can just let Fox Brothers Barbecue do the picnic catering for you as they'll have some tasty stuff for sale at the concerts. Up next, on July 13th, is Atlanta trumpeter and vocalist Joe Granston, who always puts on a great show. That's Jazz on the Lawn at the Amphitheater at Callenwald Fine Arts Center on Briarcliff Road in Atlanta. Joe Granston performs July 13th and general admission lawn tickets are $25 in advance online and $30 at the show. VIP table seating is available too if reserved in advance. Head to callenwald.org to buy tickets and to check out the rest of the series lineup. With a cast of 40 Atlanta actors and a four-story ship that sinks nightly into an actual lake, Serenby Playhouse's production of Titanic the Musical is sure to be spectacular. When the show first bowed on Broadway in 1997, it won five Tony Awards, including Best Musical. And more than 20 years later, Serenby Playhouse is bringing a large-scale musical to life in a way it has never been seen before, on the water. Serenby Playhouse is a professional theater that produces site-specific performances and programs that connect art, nature, and community. A couple of years ago, they brought in an actual helicopter for their production of Miss Saigon, so this kind of large-scale spectacle is nothing new for them. But all the special effects in the world would be worthless without the talented cast and crew that put these shows together and perform them for hundreds of people every night. Go watch them make magic in the Serenby community in Chattahoochee Hills in South Fulton County beginning July 11th and running through August 12th. Tickets are $35 to $43 and available at serenbyplayhouse.com where you'll find a complete list of performance days and times and directions to the site. For more things to do around Metro Atlanta, head to accessatlanta.com. Our senior editor is Nicole Smith, podcast edited by Ryan Horn, music by Bo Emerson and Billy Guin, and I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta.